so I guess you haven't heard. I said, what? She said, you know, my dad's dead. And I go, what do you mean? Like, she goes, can you guess how it happened? And I said, what, drinking? She said, no, he hung himself. And I found him. Yeah. Oh, my I was like, God. holy shit. All right, welcome on back, everybody. Very excited for this episode. Got another veteran on, Sean. How you feeling today, man? I'm good, man. Glad to be here. Hell yeah. Doing Kev. real well. I'm feeling really pumped. It's it's always really cool in my eyes when we have another veteran on the show. And uh, I'm, I know I'm just really excited about this episode. It's going to be hard to listen to, like, and get into some tough stuff, but it'll yeah. be good to hear. So let's yeah. get it, I hope you guys can notice it too. We were just talking about it a little bit, but before the before the show, I I said just when we talk to a veteran, I could feel my my emotions are different. Everything is different. Mm -hmm. My mind is thinking differently. What I want to say is thinking differently, and I don't know if that's just a part. I, I feel like it's everyday life too. Like when I'm walking around in everyday life, I'm just less open with normal people, but. <laughs> I, I guess not normal. We were, we're probably the, the odd ones. <laughs> we're the odds. We're not the ones that aren't normal. <laughs> we're not normal. We're, what is normal, right? <laughs> yeah. No, man, you want to just real quick, uh, I guess, just kind of cover what we were just talking about, where you've been, what you did in the military, how long you served and all that stuff, why you started, all that. Sure, I can give you guys a little breakdown. Um, my dad actually served in the military, too, man. He did 22 years, so um, I'm a military brat. Um Ah, dude, we traveled everywhere. I lived in Germany for like nine years. And then, yeah, we went to Germany twice, came back to the States, lived in Cali, Colorado, Tennessee, Texas. Bro, I've traveled, you know. So joining the military for me is something I'd never really thought about doing. You know, I was always in trouble. I remember being arrested multiple times by the MPs, locking me up, bro, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, being, being in the military really wasn't, something that I wanted to do. You know, you watch the shit for 20 years. It's not really that intriguing to you. You know, everybody else is like, oh, your dad's in the army. And it's like, well, so is your dad. <laughs> like everybody's family's in the, you know, oh, yeah. it was just, you live on base, right? Like everybody is everybody. Um, So I don't know, dude, I was a troubled kid and my dad finally retired. We moved to South Carolina and I, I got in some trouble and uh, got arrested at 17 and got thrown in jail. And I was in there for like 60 days and uh, got out, met a girl, got married. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 18 years before old. Before the yeah. army. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, before the army, bro. I got married. She already had a kid. Um, but, you know, I fell in love with the little boy and took care of him and then ended up having two more kids of my own. So within like, shit, dude, just a short period, I had three kids and married. And uh, so, yeah, this is all before the military. Oh, and literally, at, like, wow. I would say 2,000. Me and her separated. We were getting divorced. Long story. Don't need to get into that shit. But just, just, just know we we didn't work out. And uh, that's around 2001, man. And uh, that's when 9/11 uh, happened, right? Yeah, 2001, 9/11. And uh, that's that's kind of. I was doing odd jobs, bro. I was working at like a plant. I was a meat cutter. I was like 21 years old. Uh, just trying to get my shit together. You know, we didn't have all this good stuff. <laughs> you know, we had out here and grind and hustle. Uh, yeah. So I'm out there just working, trying to take care of my family. And uh, I started seeing the war on Iraq pop off, man. And it's like, holy shit. You know, you got the 9-11 thing going on, all the patriots coming together. Everybody's all American proud. And 
you know, it was just something that I felt like I needed to do, but I didn't know when because I had kids already and I didn't want to just leave my kids behind, you know? Yeah. So anyways, a couple of years go by and, uh, I, I meet this recruiter and he's badass dude. And, uh, he's like, I would love to get you in. He's like, uh, but you got some shit you need to work on. I, dude, I had tattoos. I got like 41 tattoos and there's like six of them were all gang f- affiliated. And oh, it, yeah, I was, um, like I said, my whole childhood was crazy, bro. I was in a lot of trouble and run with the wrong crowds and, uh, you know, looking at my arrest records, looking at how many kids I had, looking at, I had to get so many freaking waivers. <laughs> I had to get so many waivers, even like the ASFAB, like waivers and shit. And it was just crazy. I didn't think I was going to get into the damn military, to be honest with you. A but, perfect time for them waivers, though, from what I heard. Dude, yeah, it was at that time. I mean, he was just popping them off, man. I didn't even have a high school diploma, bro. I had to go get one from oh. like another, like an online college. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of little things that a recruiter used to be able to work on so i got me a high school to, i dropped out in 10th grade you know um so anyways i decided you know all that happened i did the asfab did the meps thing whatever and i joined bro and i got in um it was the um so i did nine years national guard i did five years active duty so i got all that time and uh 2007 rolled around got my first deployment went to afghanistan 88 mic job. I was a filler as a 12 Bravo. That was a pretty good tour. Not too much stuff happened. Got back. Um, trying to adjust back to life, you know, trying to just trying to fit back in, I guess. Uh, got some orders to go back to Afghanistan. And I went back in 2010. Um, and that was a crazy ass tour. That, that was where I was doing my job. You know, I was a route clearance. I was a Husky driver. And uh, we just, just say we, we got hit a lot. It was, it was a hard tour. Um, lost a lot of guys. Um, I ended up going on a dismount mission and I don't know what the hell I was doing, but I jumped off the damn Husky and I fell in a ditch. <laughs> I jumped off with all that bullshit on me and I fell in a ditch, bro. And uh, Is the, that's a healthy fall, right? Bro. Like, it was like, I don't know, dude. It was like, it was like t- fucking 10 feet or something. I just jumped off and I landed like I, I knew what I was going for, but it was just, I, didn't, I don't know, bro. I, I don't know what happened. I just landed and then I twisted my knee and I fell down into a ditch and bro, it was terrible. They thought I got shot. Like they're like, what the hell? Down? You know, <laughs> they go ah, running over there alarm, like, bro, you good? And I'm like, I don't know. So the, the medics come, they put me in the back of the damn, like we had RGs and they put me in the back of the RG and uh, my freaking knee swole up like that. And it was just terrible, bro. Anyways, by the end of the day, we finally get me back to the base and, you know, I take my pants off or whatever. And the medic's looking at my leg and that shit looks like a melon and it's all blue and black. And he's like, damn, <laughs> you just, you just hurt yourself big time. I'm like, There's your sucks. problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man, right there, that moment, he's like, are you, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm hurting, bro. And he's like, well, here, I got a little bag of Percocets. And there was like a little bag of like 12 of them. <laughs> He's like, take one of these. He's like, take one of these every few hours. It'll help the pain. I'm like, okay, cool. I've never taken painkillers before. I mean, I've taken 800 ibuprofen, which we all know that's yeah. Ranger candy, right? It sounds Shit. like he just pulled it out of his pocket. Like He did. He did. It was weird. Like, well, his medic bag. You know, he pulled his medic bag out, and he actually had a little bag of perks. And he's like, here, take these. These are Percocet 5s. And I'm like, damn, okay. Um, So I took one, and it just took, you know, just... I don't know, bro. I started taking them pretty regularly at that point. And uh, the commander was like, we're going to ship you out to guitar and you're going to get an MRI done so we can figure out, you know, what's exactly going on. Mind you, we're like in month six now. And uh, so I go to Qatar. I hang. This is when I realized I should have joined the Air Force. But 
you know, well, excuse me, the chair force. We, but, we uh, all have those moments. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah I can point I'm like, to y'all too. seriously got the best chow halls. They got the best barracks. They got the best everything. They had a swimming pool, bro. And I'm like, just, just got out of combat, you know, fighting for my life. And you fuckers are sitting over here swimming in your little shorts up to your crack. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, Yo, it was crazy. It the was chicks, crazy. too, in the Air Force. The God, the, the women, army. bro. <laughs> join the Air Force, uh, y'all. Join the Air Force. Yes. I suggest you to join the Air Force. If you just want to go and fuck off and say you serve the country, then go do that. No, I'm just kidding. You know, we respect that. We, we, everybody does their part, but you <laughs> we, we got to talk. That. <laughs> we got, you know, um, some Air Force guys are going to be like, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. <laughs> no, nah, man. Listen, oh, we man. love all branches. You know, e- all y'all have a, a part to play, even yeah. Navy. So, you know. Um, <laughs> but join the Air Force. You, you, right. uh, join the Air Force. You talked a little bit at the beginning of the show why it was so bad to be over there in 2010. Can you just tell people who don't know yeah. why? Why um, I guess so it was tough. so bad. I mean, there was a lot of politics going on at that time, too, man. It was just really a rough time. Um, but what I mean by it just being so bad for me is just there was a lot of KIAs that, that year, bro. That was a year that I think most of our, our loss came from that year. Um, you know, just the IEDs were terrible, man. It just They were everywhere. And uh, that's what I mean. It was just a bad tour, man. It was just hot. Everywhere we went, we were taking ticks. Couldn't leave the fob without getting into a, you know, a firefight. Couldn't leave without, you know, IEDs, mortars. It was just, it was just a hard tour, man. Did just you guys, a lot of. <clears throat> did you feel like you had a, a sense to be there? Like a reason to be there? Because that's, that's when our morale, you could, you could see it visibly when uh the president shifted and the the mission shifted it went from everyone wanting to be overseas to everyone wanting to get out because we're not going overseas and i'm not trying to yeah. be garrisoned and <laughs> uh well i went from bush right so i went from the the young bush to uh obama so yeah i served under obama and uh I don't know, dude. There was a lot of politics. There's a lot of politics, man. And and I, I, I felt like, I guess here here you go. I, I felt, you know, winning the hearts and minds of the Afghan people, you know, that was our whole slogan yeah. at the time. I met a lot, and I'm sure you guys did too, met a lot of good people over there. You know, some of those Afghan guys that were, you know, they really genuinely love Americans. They really were appreciative for what we were doing. I seen the progress, bro, because when I was there in 07, just from 07 to you know 2011 like the shit we've built the stuff they had the kids that were walking around free and you know not you know at least what we'd say in the city areas out in the country areas you know they were still living a certain way but you know we were we were bringing freedom man and we were building stuff and we built a lot of stuff for those people so um i felt good being over there i mean there was times i felt like why the hell am i here i think we all go through that you know but i don't know just the politics and stops it like we seen this guy beating the shit out of his little girl one time she was like three years old and he was dragging her by her hair and he was beating her ass with a stick and uh i literally was on the gun and i pulled the fucking 240 on his ass and i was gonna blow him away and they were like you know yelling at me you know you know disengage uh, stop pulling the fucking weapon on him whatever you know <laughs> i'm like Dude, what are we gonna do about this right like we're watching this guy beat this little girl but, you know, we couldn't get involved in stuff like that. It was like, yeah, if I was at home in America and I saw somebody beating on a three-year-old, I would beat their ass. Like, yeah. why does it matter? So, 
Man. You know, it was just crazy, bro. There was a lot of politics. Be careful who you who you shot at. Be careful who you you know you killed. And I get that. I'm mean, not killing people, but I'm just saying, you know, people over there was walking around with AK-47s, and you don't know who the hell was gonna. Yeah, they're not being careful of who they kill. No, you know, driving fucking convoys of all these little trucks, and they're all sitting there with fucking uh, AK-47s and RPGs, and we're like, oh. Okay. I mean, that was what they taught us. Like in ALC, we did like uh, mm -hmm. like gate training, like checkpoint training. And like some little like teenager yeah. pulls up with a fake AK and like he kind of has it at the low rating. I just smoke him and the instructor's all like, Yo, you have to wait till he's pointed at you. You got to wait till he's pointing at you. But see, that's what they say. But we were told at that time that we can't even shoot him pointing at us. We had to wait till he actually popped off a fire at us. We like literally taking fire before we could shoot back so having that mentality this is some obama shit dude so having that mentality um yeah imagine trying to win a war but you can't shoot nobody you know what i mean how do you do that it's like the cops in in in, in america when you have riots going on and people are burning down buildings and it's like you know how do you stop the rioting when you're not allowed to you know use any arrest force anybody yeah. Yeah, right your hands are tied so so that's what I, it heard, was just, it was all screwed up that whole that whole year i think the whole I've two heard years. like 2003 and 2004 like the rules of engagement were pretty loose right oh dude that was when it really popped off man oh three oh four i wish i would have been there that time dude i was there like a few years later um but yeah you didn't <laughs> that's that's when we were watching the war on iraq when it first popped off in oh three and i got all my homies telling me about Fallujah and 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 Ramadi and you know that like oh four oh three oh five oh four oh five was the years you know they didn't have up armored vehicles you know IEDs were blowing you know the vehicles up uh, all that stuff man it was bad so yeah, luckily it, for us all funny. of us we experienced up armored vehicles and I had just got them in oh seven so we had just got them you know we just turned over to AC, ACUs. In 06. Oh, yeah. He's coming to party, uh, dude. Yeah. You know, we had the old BDU greens when I went in in 04, 05. And then when I got to Afghanistan, it's when we crossed over to ACU. When I, and then 07. when I joined, when they crossed. Then when you joined, of... you went to the BDUs, right? <laughs> yeah. Or the e yeah. DCUs, right? Yeah. Deserts? No, we yeah. had the multicam. Yeah, which I don't understand that shit. Like, we were looking more. I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I like y'all's uniform, but I still understand why. They changed it from the ACU because if you're out in a in a mountainous area with rocks, didn't you think that we looked more like rock than than the green? Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. To be honest, I have no idea. Yeah, but it's funny yeah. to hear you talk about it all because before the podcast, yeah. we were talking a little about like when you came back and all that and what you went through, mm -hmm. and then now you're yeah. saying, and we, I would say the same thing. I wish I was there earlier. <laughs> like, it's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why when you said earlier, who's normal, who's not normal, like we're <laughs> like every veteran goes through it, man. I don't care if, if you, if you, if you really served, if you like, I, I mean, you know, there's people like, listen, respect for anybody, man. If they didn't do combat tour. Fine. That's all good. Like you still served, but I think there's a different level of, of something when it comes to combat veterans, because we, you know, we, we, we learned what having your back means, what IGY6 means, you know, we, we would die for each other. We'd fight for each other. And it's just a part of life. And it's like, dude, I'd go back. I'd go back. <laughs> I'd, I'd go back when that shit was going on, when you were talking about with that, dude, that shit hurt everybody, man. I was so depressed for like four months because of what Biden did to this country. Dude, and what? yeah, we, 
our problem, <clears throat> we were like directly affiliated with the whole thing. So yeah. for me, I just, I literally, I just got home. I got med boarded. So I didn't even want to get out. And they, they ended up pushing yeah. me out. Me too. That's kind of, I was going to get to that story shortly, but yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Scenario. Yeah. And I ended up pushing me out. I went home to my parents and then like two months after that, my buddies are like, yeah, we're, we're going to Afghanistan. And then like three days after that, they're like, yeah, we're actually pulling out of Afghanistan. So gotcha. The way you did it was ridiculous, man. 20 years. Like, see how we're connected, bro. Like even there's an age difference between us, but we're still, you know, we 20 years, bro. We served in that war. 20 years and so that's 20 years of history of life of families that lost soldiers and marines and yep. and uh just for us to get up and leave like a bunch of retards like get up and i know i'm supposed to say that word but <laughs> get up and leave and and uh it's just i don't know that shit pissed me off bro that pissed me off. it pissed off a lot of veterans in this country the way we did it yeah, you know leaving dude. billions of dollars of of our vehicles behind and like what it take the know. Taliban all of like a week and a half to take over that whole country? A also? week and a half, bro. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like twenty years to build this country up, and then we just get up and leave like that. I don't know. There's so many ways we could have done it. Nonsense too, because like from yeah. what I understand about it is the original with draw date was going to be earlier, but then Joe Biden pushed it back, right? Yeah. But like Trump negotiated the original deal, so I got to believe, down, bro. Trump, like Trump if we had had just yeah stuck with that original plan, like you don't go. Like your word is everything in the East and you go mm -hmm. back on your word, especially to like the elders over there, you're going to have huge problems. It's like when you only push the date back so you look better to Americans, you're going to get videos of people jumping off the aircraft landing gear. Mm -hmm. You know, Trump, he had it where we were going to negotiate and we were going to leave like we do any other country. You know, we were going to leave Bagram open, you know, huge air base with all our stuff. Still have we could still have the U.S. Uh, what is it the the uh, the embassy? embassy. Yeah, have the embassy there. This dude took everything, like everything. It was like we're leaving, and you jump on the flight. If you miss it, you're screwed. Yeah, like, no, bro, they, we're they, we ended up leaving one of our guys there. That's that was one of the first stories I heard. Is we, oh when they God. landed, they landed all this shit, started unloading the helicopter. They left a piece of the helicopter behind because when they landed, they saw all the civilians. They must have just got news of it. They all started running over to our guys. One dude left his backpack attached to the helicopter piece. And then the next dude was stuck there with all the civilians. So just a rant, like the fucking Mr. Krabs meme. Like, what the fuck? Our terps. <laughs> I mean, bro, my brother served with me. We both served together in 07. And, so and when, he got, when he got back, um, I guess he stayed in contact with one of the terps. It was really weird. I don't know, dude. But he reached <laughs> out to him like a few months ago on Messenger. And he's like, I'm in Iran, you know, I've been beaten, <laughs> they've killed my family, all kinds of stuff, and my brother's all feeling bad for him, I'm like, dude, there's nothing you can do, man, like, you know, think Biden, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, he's the one that just pulled out and said, screw everybody else. Like, how can you do that, bro? I don't know. It's it's like yeah, our just, generations even if it's not on. him and there's people behind him, it just still doesn't make yeah. sense if there's a group of people, how that made sense to the whole group Just of don't people. do things like that. You know, <laughs> if you doesn't. would have left the damn base, left Bagram, done this more professionally every couple of weeks, bringing out soldiers mm -hmm. and be bringing out, you know, give everybody a chance to leave, bro. You can't just get up and leave and say, screw it. If you miss the flight, you're gone. There was so many people that supported Americans over there. And think about the kids now, right? Think about the kids that have been, you know, for 20 years, we've been giving them this democracy, right? Making them live in a, in a nation where there's somewhat of a freedom, right? Yeah. I understand there was still, you know, certain, um, uh, 
Sharana laws and stuff that people were listening, you know, living by. But when you leave and you put the Taliban in, in charge again, they just took everybody's freedom. And these kids are like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They're like, I don't know nothing about this life. Yeah. Like we're living like to them, they you know, they remember what Afghanistan used to be like. And then all of a sudden, women have no rights. Women can't go to school. Women can't drive. Now you're covering your face again. Could you imagine being a teenager then being told, you know, cover your face now? Like, yeah. it's just, bro, we, 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 there, we, we screwed some, those people. Like a base, a big one that we pulled out of and we didn't tell the Afghan security force. We just kind of left in the middle of the night. Oh, shit, I don't even know. Yeah, probably. Know. Sounds like us. Sounds about right. <laughs> shit. Sounds about right. Yeah, we, um, we had a but yeah, that. dude, that, you know, I'm sure we all, the, anybody that served in Afghanistan has to have some type of passion from the way, it, you know, some type of feeling the way it happened. You know what I mean? Especially if you ever lost anybody in Afghanistan. Because for a long time, I felt like, dude, it was for nothing. Yeah. For nothing. 20 years for nothing. What did we accomplish in 20 years? 20 years, what happened? For us to get up and just leave. Yeah. Okay, let's fight for twenty years. Let's let's lose over six thousand soldiers, marines, airmen, whatever, and then after the twenty year mark, let's just get up and leave. I was gonna ask. So, like, what was I the purpose? Like, Why I did we like even wasted do this? Time almost? Wasted time, bro. Wasted time. But I I don't want to say that because there's families that have lost people, and you know I don't. They don't want to feel that. They want to feel like we still right. had a purpose over there. So I say, you know what? This is what somebody told me. They said, Sean. You did what you were supposed to do. You did what you were asked to do. And that's all that matters. And yep. I did my time. I did my tour. And I I did my part. The best and that's the, all and I, to the that's best all I can you do. could. And, and that's it. You know, we yeah. can't control what happened now. So it yeah. is what it is, man. Well, <clears throat> let's let's talk about what happens when you get back. Because me and yes. Kevin, we talk about, man, for us, it's it's sixty days over there. And then when you get back, you have couple days if that and then you go right back to work <laughs> hey, real quick though can i hunt yes. the good stuff before we change off the afghanistan shit yeah, right? yeah yeah even though that country got taken over real quick we were able to give them about 20 years of relative peace for that region yes yes hunt the good i mean stuff. 20 years of of giving them a, a pretty decent life man yeah you know? not bad not bad i'm sorry I tried to hit yeah no um no you're good but when so you my get back, you, you know yeah. you went through the the conventional route of what to do when you get back, it seems like you get back, you end up going. Oh, to I got yeah. Psychologists, you get put on meds, and that. then you get you get fucked by the government again. <laughs> Fall in. Um. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just tell y'all. I went to just kind of go back a little bit so I can kind of get the story you know storyline right, mm -hmm. um, and I'll briefly get through it. Um, so when I went to Guitar and I got the MRI done. Uh, that's when the lady behind it, she was like, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to tell no, I'm not supposed to tell y'all, tell you this, but, you know, you're going to have to have surgery. And I'm like, for real? She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, your, your ACL is completely tore. Your meniscus oh. is tore. You're going to have to have reconstructive surgery. I'm just feeling bummed out, man. I'm like, this sucks, dude. So I'm hanging out for guitar for another few weeks or whatever. And then I go back to Afghanistan, um, probably like month eight now. And, uh, the commander and me are talking. He's like, well, so, you know, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm like, dude, I want to stay with my guys. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, let me stay. I'll do guard duty or tower duty, or maybe I'll work in the talk or do something. So he's like, all right, so whatever. So a couple weeks go by, man, and everything's good. And uh, we ended up going on the way to Chow Hall. And I don't know if y'all remember in Afghanistan, they had these big ass white rocks everywhere you go on this bases. They had like a bunch of white rocks and they were so annoying. And, <laughs> 
uh, I was walking to Chow Hall and I stepped on one of those stupid ass rocks. And if you don't have no ACL or a meniscus, your legs kind of floppy. So I'm sitting there walking to the Chow Hall and I step wrong and I fall and I'm like, Oh my God. And I fall down and didn't realize that the commander was behind me. And, uh, he walks up to me. He's like, Laurie, come see me after Chow. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes, sir. So I go see him. Right. And he's like, look, man, we got a couple months left. The hot spots, you know, everybody knows the hot season, right? That that's, that's the major time in any Iraq or Afghanistan from like May to like October, November is really the hot, you know, the firefighting, the fighting the, season, the fighting season, you know, winter's so shitty that most people aren't really doing much. So we were going into winter and he's like, just go home, get surgery get healed you know we got another tour coming up i'm like yay <laughs> you know he's like but we're gonna do something different we're gonna do we're doing kosovo and i was like hell yeah right like you know a non-combatant mission whatever just something new oh my listen the whole plan was to go to fort gordon have surgery physical therapy go you know get back to my unit and work out that way got to fort gordon had the surgery you know um instantly still taking painkillers Right. I'm, I'm still taking them. I got my own script now. And I told you all this earlier, um, you know, talking to my nurse case manager, she's like, you need to start telling the doctors the truth. You need to be honest about your, your symptoms and things that you're struggling with. So I told the doctor some things that I was struggling with, some things, some symptoms I was feeling and, and stuff. And he instantly started diagnosing me with PTSD. He's like, you got PTSD. You got depression. You got anxiety. You got this and this and this. Give me like so many freaking diagnoses, bro. It was insane. And with every diagnosis came with another pill. <laughs> so I'm like adding them up here, bro. I'm like 16 different prescriptions. Pill for so right now. one for everything, bro. So, you know, what was supposed to be like four months turned into a year sitting on a medical unit. And after about a year, I'm already so deep into this and just pretty much so depressed, so many pills, so much just whatever that they finally come to me and they're like, look, um, you're non-deployable. <laughs> you're non-deployable. You know, the army don't really need you anymore. Uh, they can't use you. You're pretty much broken. Um, so here's your options. You can give you an early retirement, kind of like a medical retirement, and we'll get you 100% at the VA grand have a great life oh okay so after talking with my wife and stuff and trying to figure out you know all this whole oh by the way i got remarried in 04 or 06 to my second wife and we've been together now 17 years but she was a high school sweetheart so <laughs> just throw that in here like, wait a minute i thought you were divorced yes i got divorced and then got remarried right before i deployed you know gotta <laughs> get you that go. money <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> so you know um Damn, I forgot where I was at. So, um, but yeah, anyways, I, I, got I, all I the told pills. her that got all the pills. I decided to take it. I said, fine, we'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll take the retirement. And so for the another year still at the base, cause y'all know when you get out of the military, how long it takes you to get VA benefits, right? Well, I'm on base and they're doing all this for me. So it took another year to get those anyways, yep. that happened. Oh my God. So I got it. I got the med, I got the VA. I've been retired. I got out of the military October 4th, 2012 it was my last active duty day. And I went home and, and when I went home, it was supposed to start a new life and it was going to be amazing. And, you know, I was going to do great things. And 
went to the VA for my first appointment and uh, she's like, holy shit, you're on a lot of medication. She's like, you know, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need. I'm like, oh, 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 oh I need Whoa. that one. <laughs> I need that, I need that one right and I there. need that one. And she's like, well, you know, I know you want this Xanax and I know you want this perk, but you're not. No, she's like. Do you not realize you can die if you take both of these together? I'm like, do you not realize I've been taking 16 different pills and I've been taking over 100 milligrams of this shit a day? Do you think? I mean, I'm still living. Yeah, yeah. You would have died know. already, you think. You're Cut so worried turkey. about me now. <laughs> so she's like, well, you have to make a choice. Are we going to take away your anxiety medicine, which I'm addicted to, by the way, the Xanax? And she's like, or are we going to take away the Percocet? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a hard life choice. <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, take away the painkillers. I said, because I need my Xanax because I'm having panic attacks daily. I'm freaking out, like just, just whatever. And obviously I went into dope sick, bro. I never been through that before. And I was sick. I was throwing up. I was on the Were toilet. Cold Turkey was off Xanax. Then? They, well, no, I was still taking them. I, I, they tried, they cut me cold Turkey on the perks. Oh, the perks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that instantly is when I started making phone calls and I started finding drug dealers and people that were selling them on the streets. And that's how that started. And I started buying them on the, on the streets, man. And, and obviously, you know, now I'm in the streets and I'm learning, holy shit, there's more than just Percocets, right? There's <laughs> Perc tens, there's Roxy's, there's, you know, there's oxycodone and just, yeah, I mean, 30, oxycontin 30. and all kinds of other stuff. So I start experimenting I start buying drugs and I start selling drugs to make more money and I'm just living that life, bro. And I'm just, that's what's going on now for like three years, just every four or five years now, every day, just grinding, trying to, you know, depressed as hell, missing the military. Were you like oddly enough wishing I'd go back. Um, almost been homeless, almost lost our house. I mean, luckily for me, bro, I had a wife and kids. So, you know, that's what I had like a base, right? Somewhere yeah. I had a wife that was actually supportive and actually, you know, stood by my side, even though she didn't agree with the choices I was oh. making, but I was burning our account up, man. I was taking all of our money. There's times I left her, you know, without food, you know, trying to not having grocery money because I was spending so much of our money. Um, lost vehicles, repoed, stuff like that, because just a shit bag, bro. Just a straight shit bag, junkie. Just and trying all the opiates, you never got like, you know, the, the obvious one is like heroin. Yeah, that's the one I got to. That was, I, I never shot it. I never shot it, but I did snort it. And that was just, I was that close. I almost did, but I didn't. And um, 2016 came around, and one of my best friends, Barrero, that I served with in Fort Gordon, uh, we used to talk on messenger. He left in 013. He left in 13. I left in 12, but we stayed in contact and I shot him a message one day and we were talking and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he come and visit and then he went back and then it was around September. I shot him another message of 16 and he didn't answer. And I kept shooting him messages, kept shooting him messages. Well, his daughter got on his page and I know who his daughter is. And she wrote me back and said, um, so I guess you haven't heard. I said, what? She well, said, you know, my dad's dead. And I go, what do you mean? Like, she goes, can you guess how it happened? And I said, what, drinking? She said, no, he hung himself. And I found him. Yeah. Oh, my I was like, God. holy shit, right? Like, I was so numb, bro. I didn't even know how to react, dude. I, yeah. I didn't even know how to feel to it. You know, it was really just messed up. And the way she was so honest and blunt with it, like, she was angry. You can tell she was angry. And she was hurt. And that's when I started doing research. Like, I told you guys, you know, I started, like, just, I don't know, just messing around and, you know, 
the wife come to me and starts giving me ultimatum. So all this is going on at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she, so I try to go get help. I go to rehab for 30 days. Um, but I do it for her. You know, she's nagging. She's telling me to get clean and all this other shit. So while I'm doing that, I'm just kind of you know, thinking about my life and blah, blah, blah. And I come home in 30 days and I'm doing research and I create this group on Facebook called Vet Life for Life. I'm like, I'm just going to create like a group of things, a group for veterans to come and kind of like a safe place where they can talk about their feelings and just, you know, be a savior. And, uh, you know, um, big 22 a day, veterans are taking their life every day and all this stuff. And it didn't take long, bro. Like, like maybe two months later, I started doing it again. I started snorting pills. I started popping them. I started telling myself, oh, I could do the difference was I was hiding it from her now. See, before I would do it in front of her, but now I'm hiding it. So it gets 10 times worse, bro. Yeah. I started buying all these pills. I'm snorting all these pills. I'm snorting heroin and it's just really bad, like, bro. Were you getting fucked up or just like kind of good up. enough to function? Like, bro? well, the, the first half I was so fucked up, bro. I'll be nodding out, bro. Like everywhere you'd see me, oh. I'd just be nodded out. I, you know, driving, almost gotten wrecks doing that shit in restaurants, eating fucking asleep at the, at the booth. Um, it was so embarrassing, bro. I got pictures of me sitting in the couch and my daughter climbing on me and I'm drool knocked out. You know what I mean? It was so bad. But the second time when I was hiding it from my wife, I knew I couldn't do that. So that's when I was using it as like Coke. I would just crush, snort, get a little bump, get jacked up. thinking nobody knew, but I'm running around sweating and, <laughs> you know, high as hell trying to hide it. So that goes on for a while, man. And uh, this is when we start, you know, and, and then we'll get to you know to what i'm doing today but um it was like 2017 at this point and i started thinking about suicide man i started thinking about ending my life because come on bro what have i yeah. done with myself right i've come back from combat two tours i've served nine years in the military um i'm all this i could be great but i'm not i'm a junkie you're right i'm a shitty ass husband i'm a shitty ass father um, I'm in this victim mentality. I'm blaming myself and I mean, I'm, you know, I'm blaming everybody else for my problems. And, um, I go into this dope sickness and I don't have any medication for like two days and I'm sick as a dog, bro. I'm just sick. I'm broke. I'm at the rock bottom right now. And, uh, weirdly enough, this guy calls me that I know. And he's like, Hey bro. He's like, um, you looking for something? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I need something now. And he's like, well, come on over. So I go over there and he shows me a bag of meth. Right. And I'm like, dude, I don't do that shit. I'm an opioid. Like I'm, I need opiates, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. That's just like, yeah. well, I'm a heroin guy. I would never touch a crystal. Meth. Right. And that's the way it is. Like, cause I'm for me, because I wasn't just an addict on everything. Like I was just hooked on opioids. I needed the opioids or, oh, you know, I got you. Right. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's never struggled, man, it's just hard to explain. It's like cigarettes. If you're hooked on the nicotine, you know, if I give you a cigar, it's not going to help you if you're struggling for wanting a cigarette. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that when it comes to the opioids. So he's like, bro, you'll feel better. I promise you. Just do this one line. You'll get you out of your dope sick. You'll be fine. I was like, whatever, man. Right. So I was already thinking about suicide on the way here to get the shit. I was already thinking that I was just going to, you know, off myself. I get there, man. We're talking. He talks me into it. Snort this big ass line of meth, and it doesn't do me like I've seen other people. You know, jacked up, rah, feeling all yeah. good. It put me in a fucking depression. It put me in in, a, in the worst depression I've ever been in, dude. And I'm on the way home. I leave. I'm on the way home. I'm still sick. 
now I'm crying. Now I'm feeling all victim. I'm feeling like a, like, I'm just feeling like, wow. Like, this is really the worst of the worst. Like, now I'm a freaking meth head, right? Like, how worse can this get? And I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm done, dude. And I, I, there's this tree that's in my backyard and has this really heavy branch. And I'm like, you know what? I can tie a rope over that. I can jump off of this little fire pit thing that I have built over here. And I can just hang myself like my brother did. That way I don't have a mess. My wife can then cut me out of the tree, throw me in a box and whatever. Right. I'll be better off gone. And that's just that's that was my whole mentality a, that's such so. a like a, a sobering thought too like the logistics of me after i'm gone right right like just, just take it out man like you know i i didn't want to leave a mess right we don't right. want to leave a mess for your family to clean up so if you just cut me out of the tree and put me in a box you know man that was um, one of my thoughts too is that i held when i was holding the gun to my head i was like if i did this it would create a complete mess in my car They'd have to mm. get rid of the car. I just paid it off. Like, it, like logistically speaking, I was trying to. That's think. how you know you were in that real moment because yeah. people, I, they think oh, about that God. shit, bro. You really think about like. Mm. I'm like, if I, I if I pull this trigger yeah. right now, the person I call, or the next person to text me and I don't respond, they're gonna pull up to my house and see my car with my my body like this, and my yep. blood all over my my car oh. in front of my house. Yep. A horrific and they had to do that because they didn't answer the phone or whatever it was and it's kind of odd that you say that because this is where my life changes it's uh i'm very i'm gonna do it bro i'm gonna do it uh, i'm just done i'm fucking done uh, i'm just sick of my life i'm sick of the way everything's going i'm a nobody i'm a nothing you know not not seeing that i have an amazing family or anything like that um <clears throat> But I don't know. I guess I made a dark post on Facebook and it wasn't about suicide. It was just like a dark post, like, you know, fuck this life. I'm done or whatever. Yeah, you I don't tell. know. Something dark. Yeah. And uh, I realized from that point, I had a bunch of people starting to reach out to me and I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not talking to nobody. I'm just going to end this shit. So I put it, you know, I, I don't answer no phone calls. There's certain people that are calling and then just hanging up, calling, hanging up. There's this one guy that I talked to. He's airborne motherfucker. He's from North Carolina. He's airborne. He's, you know, hardcore guy that I've known. Soldier. Soldier, bro. And he calls me. 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 He calls me like seven times. And I'm like, I'm not answering for this dude because, you know, I already know. Once I start talking about it, it's going to put me in a different mentality. Like, I don't want help at this point, right? I'm right. just, I'm a victim, bro. I just want to end my life, Yep. you know? Um, but something guided me to answer the phone. So I did. I answered it. And he's just like, he starts off all nice and shit. He's like, bro, you good? What's going on? And I'm like, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Yeah. It's just bullshit, you know? And then I don't know what it was, bro, but something just kind of came over me. And I started feeling really, really like I just wanted to talk. And I started crying on the phone with this guy and I started like being all emotional and didn't get the response that I thought I was going to get. And for the first time that this guy talked to me, like nobody's ever talked to me. He basically was like, well, get your head out of your ass. He's like, this is all your fault. He's like, you did this shit. He's like, you're over here fucking drug addict doing this, doing that, blah, blah, blah. Like just, just giving me some tough ass love. And he's just telling me things that I needed to hear. He's like, if you want a better life, dude, then do it. Like, why are you bitching about it? Why are you whining? Why are you wanting to take your life? You got a wife. You got kids. You got daughters. Like, fuck are you doing? And he was just like going. Like, you were expecting just bro. nothing but sympathy from this guy. Right. He comes out with this tough love knuckleball, bro. Yes. And, dude, everything he said, 
I was I was just sucking it in like a sponge, man. Because as a soldier, you know, I can take that kind of shit, and I like yeah. it, and I can take discipline, I can take direction. That's what and we're I miss used to. That. Right. It's like a yeah. sergeant drilling me, and I'm right. like, bring it. You know what I mean? So I took that shit, and it motivated me. And I said, this motherfucker's right. I was like, I'm over here, damn, acting like a bitch for the last 10 years. Like, why am I, you know, rah, rah, rah. So obviously I'm still sick, dude, and I'm not feeling well, and I'm like, looking for like I got a, a fever of 103, and I'm just sick as hell. I go and I lay down, bro, and I pray for the first time, and I haven't prayed in a long, long time. And I prayed to God that night, and I said, God, it's been 10 years. I said, can you please help me get off this shit? Like, I'm just done. I want to get better. I want this. I want to be better. And um, I just fell asleep, bro. I woke up the next morning. I walked over to my wife, and I was already sick, still sick. And I told her, and she's heard this shit before. I said, uh, I got a confession. I said, I've been doing drugs again. I've been doing the pills again. She's like, no, duh. Everybody Yo, knows. Like we she all didn't see notice. it. Like, whoa, like no whoa. shit, dude. Look at the bank account. You know, you're you're spending everything that we have. We see you running around. Like we know, okay. And I look at her and I say, listen, I want to be better. I want to change. I want to be a better person. She's like, Are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. So we get on the phone, man. We start calling around Florence. We're trying to find us a detox center. We find one that takes me. That will take me the next morning for six hundred dollars. And I don't even have the money, but. Somehow we get up with $600. Um, I don't know if it was rent money or what, but we use whatever we had. You know, I'm paying to get high, but now I'm paying to get clean. <laughs> I'm thinking so, like, oh, I done meth. Let me go steal some power tools real quick. Right. Nah, dude, not me, man. I, I was like, let's go. And so we found a place the next morning. We paid the money. I signed up and I went to detox for 10 days. As soon as I got out of 10 days, I joined uh, another recovery center, uh, IOP intensive outpatient treatment center spent almost a year there but i did therapy for seven months straight on my seventh month i was sitting outside on my porch and uh i went facebook live and i said oh by the way my name is sean laurie and um i'm a recovering addict i suffered for 10 years with drug addiction if i can get clean so can you fucking the response was insane bro i had so many people reaching out to me blew the help up overnight um that's the beginning of the journey of what we can get into in a little bit but that's what i suffered with man and and i've been clean now four and a half years uh that's haven't had a drink haven't had a, nothing <laughs> so yeah that that's that's my story of getting out of the military and what i've been through good for it's, you man i'm happy you're here proud of you that ain't easy to do thank you yeah, yeah, yeah on that hard. quick note yeah my grandpa just celebrated six years sober from alcohol a few uh days ago so oh yeah that's yeah. that's but, uh, big no, it's, deal, man. it's funny too like because i was real hooked on like alcohol and then cough syrup was another one i struggled with mm. like dxm mm. right and i would yes, do it in front of, yeah for <laughs> real though i'd do it in front of my wife mm. and i'm yep. thinking that i'm hiding it because mm -hmm. she wouldn't say nothing and then i would you know i like not overdosed on cough syrup but i took too much and passed out on the table mid-sentence mm -hmm. all her friends were there and like that's when she like i knew the jig was up at that point right and she's like i know oh, you've yeah. been doing all this shit like you i stuttered real bad and i walked real stiff like it's it's wild how much we think we're hiding it <laughs> and yeah then just not at all bro and you're so high dude and you're thinking i'm not all right <laughs> right and you're drunk or something like especially drunk people man they think that they're not drunk when they are drunk like Dude, you're drunk. I, I can tell when somebody's drunk and I don't even know you. I can yeah. just tell by the way you're talking. Yeah, and it'll be like three drinks in, too. Like I, I can <laughs> yeah, tell they have pretty that damn fast. Like, 
Some people's faces change, bro. My mother, she's an alcoholic, dude. She's been a drunk now for like 40 years of her life. And um, she literally, bro, she can drink two beers. And I'm like just looking at her and say, damn, you don't even look the same. Like her yeah. whole features change. No. What, what was that movie? You ever seen the movie Flight with Denzel Washington? He was drinking all bad like that, dude. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like the opposite of me. I'd have a few drinks and you could tell immediately. It was... It was it's one of those so things where I'm like, to do, bro. You, that's not one you have to go mm -hmm. to the streets for. <laughs> you got uh, to. Alcohol, bro. It's Listen, right yeah. at the store. All your buddies are already doing it anyways. And you no. can eat on it too, bro. Like I couldn't yeah. eat off cough syrup, but I could eat on alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's I'm hard. Trying to think, Hold, let me go grab a bottle. I'm going to show you what I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, drinking too, bro. I was on that too, man. Drinking my ass off with yeah. the pills. That's so like the sneakiest one. Level. Mm -hmm. it's, it's by far one of the sneakiest because it's just, just so normalized, so easy up. to do. No one thinks anything of it. But like when no, I was drinking, I... I was drinking over and over every week, like three days a week. Mm. And it wasn't just like three drinks. It was three days of the week. I was drinking probably six days of the week. Three All were right. like four drinks for for the night. The other three mm. were like get get obliterated for the night. Like. <laughs> Don't yeah. go to sleep tonight. That's that was the goal. My goal was to go to sleep because I know so if I drink till you pass out. Right. No, I, I used right. to get these on the way home from work. These little Tversky 100s because oh, yeah. I could keep them in my like work bag and they were only, you know, three bucks. Wow. But I would make these things called like I called them M&Ms, but they were equal parts moonshine and monster. Oh shit! Okay. Yo, and like destroying I, I so, shit, dude. Jesus, I got Christ. so fucked up on it. It's like my wife would, you know, I'd wake up and she'd tell me all what I did, and it was like that was just so embarrassing to me. That was the worst part of it, I think. Yeah, doing stupid shit and then just not realizing I did it until somebody tells you, and it was like, holy crap, dude, did I really do that shit? I woke oh up God. one night. Kevin was there. I woke up. I had to go to work with this shit, dude. Woke yeah. up and it was New Year's Eve. The chick. So I was I was married too when I was nineteen. I got into it. We got, I was the dude that that got engaged at uh, basic training. I was that guy. <laughs> and um, yeah. and was, I'm sure the whole time you had everybody telling you, make sure you you know sign this and, my and make sure you don't give her power of attorney. And <laughs> Yo, she was like, again. don't do it, man. Shout out to yeah, Joseph Navarro. She already knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it was just bad, bro. I, I went out. It was a New Year's Eve. It was after my first deployment, and we were going out with the dude that I already had my suspicions about. So I was like, fuck it. Mm. Like, I'll just get obliterated. So I hid like four drinks before we went out. I hid them. No one knew I was four drinks deep. We went out, and then I ended up, by the end of the night, didn't know until I woke up the next day. Woke up the next day, went to go brush my teeth, and my eye was just like I couldn't see a goddamn thing. My whole eye was swollen. Mm. Woke up, looked in the mirror. I was like, what the fuck? Turned over, asked my ex what what the hell happened. They let me jump out of the car to tackle a trash can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jumped, was... I jumped out of a moving car to tackle a trash can. Dude. Yeah. Like, he got to work and his eyes all fucked up. I thought he got punched by someone. Like, well, he got punched by a trash can. <laughs> Yo. Like, fucking like, hey, dude. like, to hear that and then have to walk around all of work. And have mm. everyone ask, what happened to your eye? And then I have to tell them that. Bro, th it don't yeah. get much more degrading than this. It's just, I mean, what other option do you have in the military, though? They drug test you for everything. Everybody yeah. drinks in the military. Yeah. Smokes and drinks, man. Like, it's terrible. What, yeah, what's the other people, route? Like, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, it, instead yeah. of the opioid route, what do you think is a good alternative mm. way? Like, you just have to focus on yourself is what I think. 
Yeah. Um, we mean alternative way for like, like instead of you mean like something conventional than, rather way, than drugs. Yeah, instead of doing like drugs and oh yeah, man, definitely like learning to meditate, learn meditation, good music. Um, I mean, I can tell you. So, uh, just to finish the story, man. Um, after all that happened, uh, you know, we're going into like 2018. I've been clean now for like a year. I'm making videos and using social media and stuff like that, and. Uh, crazy enough i started getting these invites like podcasts i'm going on podcasts i'm talking about my story and stuff and then uh, i started getting invited to different states i go to washington dc i stand and talk to like 700 people i go to new york uh, not new york i go up to indiana i go to um you know texas five times i've down there speaking uh been to florence or florida north carolina georgia so i just started getting all these events covid hit obviously and it shut down a lot of shit so we were like you know, didn't do shit for like that whole year and a half. Um, but started just doing speaking events, man, doing podcasts, started doing my own podcast, started pressing out there. Then I wrote a book, man, right here called veteran mindset 2.0 link down below yep, yeah. right there. Um, and so basically this book is, uh, it's like another solution, bro. Just another way to, it's not a cure. It's just a way to help people with their mindset. I believe that if you have the right mindset, it'll change every aspect of your life, right? Because you have this, you know, you got to believe you can do something. You got to have the right attitude, the right mindset. Um, it's even like your bad days, bro. If you have a really bad day, it's all about how you react to that bad day. You know what I mean? If you if if you're having a bad day and you and you give into the energy and you're like, man, fuck this shit. This day sucks and rah rah rah. You know. It's just going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. But if you can look at that day and just be like, man, it's all good, man. Shit happens. I got a flat tire. Okay. Shit happens. Like you just, it's your whole attitude, man, changes everything. And, uh, this book goes into like five different ways, how to upgrade your mindset. And, uh, I even give you questions in the very back to help you hold yourself accountable. And, uh, we go into affirmations and stuff like that, that I use every day now. So I wake up, I use affirmations. Um, I do some meditations I listen to positive music. I surround myself with positive people. I get away from all toxicity. Anybody that's toxic, they're gone. Um, that's it, man. You Is know, there that's like a, like a common kind of um, like missing piece for most veterans that you see, like something that most of them have that is kind of a mindset issue. Um, that makes sense. I uh, kind of, I think I know what you're saying. Um, like a defect almost that most vets have. I think for most veterans, bro, the biggest, like, I guess, defect or, or the problem, I would just say like a problem that we suffer. I think it's just wanting that camaraderie again, man. We yeah. just, we, we, we've, we've, you know, even with discipline, right? We, like I said earlier, I think we've been, even doesn't matter four years, like for four years, you've been told what to do for four years. You've been told when to eat, sleep and shit. And, and you've been told to do this. And while you've done that, you're surrounded by battle buddies, right? You're surrounded by people that, that are doing the same thing you're doing. So I think when you're done with that and you get out, there's no, right, there's no transition. It's you, you out process, you go home and you're right back to where you were when you, before you went in. So now you don't have your comrades. You don't have nobody saying, get up at 4.30, get up at 5, get up and be, you know, do this and do that. It's like you have to get your own, you have to discipline yourself. You know, I always say that motivation is temporary. Discipline is what is what makes the shit happen, right? That's what keeps it going. So motivation, hell, I'm motivated to go to the gym, right? But motivation is only going to get me so far. Discipline is going to keep me at the gym. Yeah, what so, happens tomorrow when you're yeah. not motivated mm -hmm. to go? 
Right, right. You know, if you're not motivated, then that's when discipline kicks in. You know what I mean? Just like writing my book, bro. It took a year to write this book just because I suffer so hard with ADHD and trying to get my shit together and suffer with depression. And I go into these days where I don't want to do nothing and I have to find myself going, okay, I got to get up and I got to move forward. I got to keep going, you know, it, it hits but you that's like, what I think, bro. Like such a train when you get out too. like, you don't realize it. Like in special operations, we didn't have that many rules, but we did still have enough. Um, but when you get out, it's like, there are no rules, bro. No rules. Like if you smoke, <laughs> you can smoke from when you wake up to yep. when you go to bed. It's yep. like, you got to learn to set your own rules now mm -hmm. it's like well, you gotta you learn to that? like you said learn to discipline yourself instead of yeah. you know somebody else we were you just know, giving you hold yourself accountable i talked about this last night on uh live i was talking about you know being accountable for our actions if you want change you got to be the change you know what i mean if you're tired of your life being where it's at then do something about it you know stop you know get out of that victim mentality like yeah, that we were just talking on uh episode i think it was 31 with a marine and it was it was the same thing if you you discipline what you take from the army you learn the best system now take the right. best system in the world and put it towards yourself because they really i Damn. mean it really is the best system you could yeah. it still works it's oh, the yeah. best army like <laughs> their system yeah. it works whether you like it or not take the good parts mm -hmm. of the system and put it towards yourself and if you could do that now you're your own one-man army absolutely man oh, and take Take the good things that you've learned. Same thing in life. Focus on the good shit in your life. You know what I mean? So many people say, I don't have anything. Bro, what are you talking about? I bet you I can name some shit you have that somebody else doesn't have. Like, you know, thank God for this podcast. Thank God for the microphone that you have. You know, thankful for everything that you have. You know, be thankful. And, and uh, that's when, you know, have gratitude is, is, is huge, you know. Quit yeah. complaining about what you don't have and focus on what you do have. And then the shit that you do want will come. You just got to be grateful. I think about that. Like even in the dark times, at least I'm in a situation where I can change shit. Right. Like right. it's not so bad. I can't change it all. It's regardless of how bad things get, I can always make things better. Right. You can always alter your, your future, bro. You can always change, you know, focus on the things that you can change, not on what you can't change. If you can't change it, then there's no reason putting energy into it. Right. Yeah. Focus on what you can make a difference on, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, I like hearing you say that you got, you know, daily affirmations and stuff like that. I just yep. made a, a Twitter yep. thread about it is we got, we got, I mean, millions of fitness YouTubers and influencers all over, all millions. over the place. But I, I know maybe like three mental health podcasts or something like that to where you can, mm -hmm. it's like focus on this type of shit every day too. Everyone, oh, mm -hmm. you got to go to the gym seven days a week, an hour, and your muscles will get bigger. <laughs> well, why don't you work seven days a week on your mind too? It's like we're completely Axe. forgetting about it. Our mind, go, our mind comes before our body all That's day, right. all day long. And if you're not going to, you're not even going to get to the gym if you don't have the right mindset. Right. So fuck going to the gym. Listen, if you go to the gym, I mean, listen, it's okay for some people, right? Like some people go to the gym and it, and it kind of helps them with their mind, but you have to get into the right mindset. If you want to build your muscles, you know what I mean? Like if you, cause you gotta be dedicated, you gotta be, you know, you gotta, you just gotta get the right headspace, man. Um, I can go to the gym today and then tomorrow I don't feel like it. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you don't got that head, right. It just work on your well, mindset, bro. I think that's a mindset a big coach and that's what I do, man. I have clients that I talk to and I help them with their mindset and I help them with their affirmations and 
you know, um, in the same where I am now to where I was just four years ago. Like, imagine being the guy that was sitting on the floor snorting, uh, the guy that's searching for pills in his car and, you know, in the, you know, living out of a trap house, basically, um, yeah. you know, and to the guy that I am now influencing literally almost a million people. <laughs> I mean, you can see that a lot in like the West, especially like take our, our healthcare, for example, right? Yeah. There is no mention really of the mind and the soul when you go to a hospital. It is like treats the body as this mechanical object. Mind, body, and, and soul, bro. Like, my question is, how do you get people to kind of open their mind to think about the bigger picture like that? You got to dig into their subconscious mindset, bro. You got to tell them. I always tell people, like, I think people live in like a, I feel like we all live sort of like on autopilot. If you think yeah. about it, it's kind of weird, right? How we just oh, wake up and do the same shit every day. The drive. You ever drove somewhere, bro, and then didn't even remember the drive? <laughs> just kind of just get in the truck like or car, and you go from point A to point B, and you're like, I don't even remember turning like, or stopping turning or anything. driving home fucking every other day in the yeah. Home, dude. Shit. Yeah, it's we're on autopilot, bro. But we have to get into that subconscious mindset. You have to step back and go, okay, I'm a woke. I'm woke. Like I'm really awake and I see exactly what's going on. And when you start realizing I can change this shit, I can change everything, even driving. If I'm driving and I realize, you know, there's a red light, red light, red light, red light. My anger starts getting angry. Fuck another red light, another red light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or this car cuts me off and I just want to add a nowhere. Cause I'm just on auto like, like just stop that. It's really what they say when you were younger. Think before you act. And I was yeah. always like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. How do you, how do you think before you act, especially if you have a temper and you can't help it, you just kind of blah, blah, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but you just got to learn, bro. You got to learn. You, you just have to train your mind just like everything else. And you just have to just, as soon as you get in the car, you say, all right, I'm going to be consciously aware of what's going on from here to the next store and I, or to wherever I'm going. I'm going to be consciously aware. You're telling yourself that now. So that way, anything that goes on from here to there, you're you're consciously awake, right? If somebody cuts you off, you're gonna be like, hmm. "All right, yeah, all good." <laughs> That's the big. You know one, what I mean? I I <laughs> it's all think, good. <laughs> I got real, real mad about like road rage, but now I kind of yeah. think like, man, maybe they're having a bad day. You know, like odds are they True. didn't see me coming and want to cut me off specifically. Well, bro, when you're right. overseas and there are no roads and there are no red lights, <laughs> like, we had all had road rage. We yeah. talking? We used to just crash into cars. <laughs> like we, we of our convoy was coming. Well, not so much route clearance because we were going like one mile per hour. But you know, the other tour when we had like the convoys, big ass convoys, and we were running through towns, bro. We were going like sixty, and if cars wouldn't move, we'd move them. Yeah, like we're hon we're honking horns and we're kind of knocking cars out of the way. Like shit, that's hard yeah. when you get back home and you're like, now you're following rules. You know, Afghanistan don't even have red lights. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah. all dirt and just, yeah. Green yeah, it's like everywhere. you got to retrain the whole mind. You got to restructure got it to. all. And it's just. You said it right. Retrain your mind. It's, it's tough. That's, I mean, I turned to psychedelics. I got lucky. I started on opioids. I tried to do that for a month. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I was sleeping 14 hours a day minimum. A zombie. Like doing nothing. Wake up, sleep. Go to the gym. Doesn't do it to everybody the same way. Like my wife can take a a, a Percocet or something, and it makes her sick. Um, you know, yes, you yes. just me. It was different. I popped that first pill, and it was like, oh, 
oh like Whoa. there's a forest sort of coming man and i just i enjoyed it i just yeah. enjoyed it and that's the problem when you enjoy something you want more of it and that's what i did i just took it too far it's a good thing and you then, didn't enjoy meth because goddamn I hear jesus that's i'm just glad hard. yeah like but see dude i was never like that though you know what i mean like i got in a lot of trouble growing up but i was never like into drugs i was always into drinking you know drinking or smoking weed you know what i mean smoke weed drink that mean. was my thing yeah <laughs> like that's it you know i mean i wasn't i didn't take these pills to be a drug addict it wasn't my plan i wasn't been like oh yeah hook me up with them percocets and i plan on being yeah. a, a drug addict for the next 10 years you know it, it just it, it's like depression it consumes you and then once it consumed me and it grabbed a hold of me bro that's all i had for two years is because i was so fucking depressed and i was so sick of being in this base and i wanted to go home and i just so much you know just the whole life and then and then it just got me then it just got me, and then I'm over here craving for it now. And then once you start craving, then it just and that, I just let it beat. I let it, it beat sucks, me. I let it beat me. That's how a lot of it happens too. Not, I mean, there's not many people actually out there thinking, "Oh, let me wake up and be a drug addict today." Like, there's, right. the the drug addicts right. aren't thinking like, "Oh, let, like this is what I want to do in my life." You can take a pill and you be fine. You can do it for a week and be fine. Some people can't do that. Some people can't drink and be fine. Some people can drink and then they're instantly need more. You know, that's why I feel like uh, addiction, it, it runs in the family, man. Like addiction is real. Like if some people can be hooked more than others, you know, um, you might be able to say, bro, I've been taking painkillers my whole life and I ain't hooked on that shit. Oh, that's because I abused them. Yeah. I let it get into my head that I needed it. And then I got dependency on it. And then I, then I got physical cravings for it. And once I got physically addicted to it, there was no, the only way you get off is going through detox. Do you think Here's... anybody needs it? What? Uh, Pain pills? Opioids, like just in general, are there people out there that need it or is there an alternative oh, yeah. way? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like, I've talked to so many people that, you know, you know, people that obviously some of them pain pills are good for some reasons, you know, if somebody's, yeah. you know, um, you know, broken legs, broken arm, you know, temporarily, I think painkillers are okay. I just, I honestly do believe that there needs to be more substance control and needs to be controlled. Yeah. If, if my, like my son, okay, he plays soccer, but he just tore his ACL meniscus. Same damn thing his junior year. And they prescribed him 15 Percocets. Oh I God. literally give him... I was giving him, no, he gave him 26, so like three weeks worth. So I literally watch him. I give him, you know, when he was in pain, he got one. And then six hours go by, he got another. And we did that daily until about a week. And then when he's like, my leg's not even hurting that bad no more. I took the pills and put them up. Yep. And said, okay, you're done. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not getting any more. Yeah, know, man. Here's like, some Ranger candy. I got the, uh, I got the eye surgery, like PRK, when I was in the military. And when I got that, they gave me like a month's worth supply of Percocet. <laughs> I got 30 pills for wow. three days of recovery. What are y'all handing this shit out to me for, for this when I don't need it? You should know what I need. You know, Crazy, bro. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I will need 30 days, but that's what the checkup appointment should be in two days. Do you really need this shit for 30 more days? I mean, they'll, they'll throw them on you or they won't. You know, you got some doctors that are very stingy with it, and I've found that out a lot because i was such you know bro we got we got so crazy that we used to drive down to florida go to these pill mills we were getting thousands of pills you know thousands of roxies what the and um for like you know i was in that game bro i was in that game for a long time we literally go down to the pill mills and uh 
you know, buy them from those, those shop doctors and, you know, pay them a thousand dollars and you get a thousand Roxy's, right? Like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, we were just talking on, on, the, on the last podcast is, um, like you almost have to learn from life experiences to want to do better. Like you, you as what you've been through, can't just go to a mm -hmm. dude struggling with drug addiction and be like, dude, you could do it. They have to mm -hmm. experience something to where they want to do it themselves. Like you can't lead a horse to water and force them oh, to drink it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I think that, uh, cause I do a lot of that peer to peer stuff too, man. And that's kind of what I do. Like I use my experience, right? I've turned my mess into my message. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've basically, what I do is when I coach people, I don't expect you to change because of my story. I just expect you to at least understand this is what could happen. This is, you know, yeah. this, this, I give you my experience, my lessons that I've learned, but it's up to you. To, like even with my book, I tell people this isn't a cure, right? You can't read this book and all of a sudden you're all better. But what it's hoping to do is inspire you enough to motivate you enough to go, damn, if this guy can do it, I can do it too, yeah. right? I want to motivate you enough to where you're motivated to do it. But yeah, my story might not change you, right? But yeah, I can't. I mean, you know, people got to learn on their own, especially but, with those opiates too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, with opiates or you know anything meth whatever i've talked to so many people that struggle with different types of drugs and or i used to do coke too man i was doing coke for many years with the same shit you know i mean i've done a lot of drugs i used to pop molly he said you know i used to do all those drugs but i i wasn't never hooked on it it was more yeah. recreational you know what i mean i can i can snort coke for like a week and i'm good but if i you know i but i can't do opioids that way because i would go crazy not having them again <laughs> so it, it's, you get it's a just... physical dependence on opioids yeah. right that's a big difference right that's what i was saying physical dependency is what it was and so i got physically addicted to them and if i didn't have them i was sick you know i tell people man there at the end i wasn't even getting high to get high it wasn't even because i wanted to get high it was just so i could feel normal i can feel like i was i could breathe you know I yeah, man, I, and I was um, normal. There's a good Lex Friedman that I watched. <clears throat> it's with uh, Shannon Curry. She was the lawyer for Johnny Depp during the Amber Heard trial. Or she mm -hmm. wasn't the lawyer. I'm sorry. She was the psychiatrist for the Johnny Depp trial. And she was just right. saying, like, soldiers with PTSD have to have to learn to feel again. Almost just love yeah. in general. I had to learn what love is. That's what my this last girlfriend did for me. Just taught me. Mm -hmm. Look, there's people out there that still do love because you end up you end up in the space at 20 years old overseas and you're in a spot where that kind of goes away because you're you're mm -hmm. so focused on I might die now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you're not yeah, even, yeah. like your emotions. You don't care about your emotions. And my, I've I've been struggling with that ever since I got out because I don't I don't know how to deal with my emotions because I almost almost don't have them. Almost. Mm -hmm. Almost have, numb to everything. Yes, because that's mm -hmm. just what I've I've gotten used to. I'm just just numb. And you have to learn again. Like this is what the emotion is. This is how you express this certain emotion. Because we don't mm -hmm. we don't learn that necessarily. And that I that's why I that's why I smoke and that's why I drink still. Because I still don't mm -hmm. when I drink I don't know how to express that emotion otherwise. And that's my my older work brother. On he does. I gotta work on that. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. And that. And yeah. it was. That's. I mean, the drinking's okay. Like, I don't, listen, I'll never tell you not to drink. You know what I mean? Like, drinking's okay as long as you do it responsibly. Right. Doing right. It. And that's. If, if that's you're the thing. Drinking because you enjoy drinking, not drinking because I have to drink. 
right feel and, normal and right. before yeah. it was like let me drink you know 10 drinks so i could go to sleep now it's like, like right the two drink you want a casual drink or drink. whatever and feel good yeah, yeah yeah even after one drink now though i'm i'm like no i understand mm -hmm. like there my emotions start coming up and i it's mm -hmm. easier for me to see them I, I don't know what it is i really don't but that's i think that's why i got addicted to alcohol in the first place but that's why i smoke now too is because i my mind is racing all the time go 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 i don't know because i i believe that's just because the way i was trained in the army and the military just mm -hmm. go 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 yeah Get up and, and go. i never <laughs> i never stop look around for a second like all right what am i actually doing is it really benefiting everything like what does this action actually benefit and it's just that goes into what we were talking about you know yeah. open your subconscious mind and being aware consciously aware now instead of you living your life on auto and just going 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 you know stop for a minute right go okay let me let me think this through what am i actually doing you know right I and mean? you could change your whole and house i, I didn't know how to life. meditate so my my next thing was let me yeah. just smoke <laughs> and i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> uh, which is, be which able is to... fine i mean you know people smoke and it's good it's not nothing bad i think people can use it and it can open their mindset in different ways yeah. It's hard to like with pot. Like personally, if I have to quit mm -hmm. the substance, it's got to be because I know it's going to be a problem or I right. already have a super big problem. Right? right. But like with pot, it's like, I mean, what real downside is there? I eat more. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Right. Right. I, I've become less motivated. I, I, I do end up. <laughs> That's why I don't smoke it, bro. It does yeah. not motivate me at all. If I yeah, smoke it, I, I get lazy. I end up thinking about everything. That's, lazy. that's like my thing. Yeah. I explained it to my mom. Is it's mm. for me, it's like instant. It's an instant, like, pointer to my anxiety. Like, it, it's a red right. alarm. Like, hey, this is what you're, this is what you're upset <laughs> about. This is what you're thinking yeah. about. Like, this is it yeah. right here. But I can't do that. Instead of, instead of thinking about it when I'm sober, I just deal with it instead. So whatever mm -hmm. the anxiety is, I'm just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just keep going. And that's, yeah. that's, that's why I end up in my hole and end up just freaking out because I have all this built-up bullshit that I didn't think about. Well, we will get oh, there. It's, it's setting up. You know what framework. I've noticed is that you're talking about it. So, you know, exactly, you know, you, you know exactly what the problem is. So now you just have to yeah, do what you know. And, you're well, and that's, doing. that's one of the biggest problems too. When you, when you get off of addiction and maybe you could speak on it a little bit is you end right. up, like you said, you got to become more consciously aware of what you're doing. And that's, True. that is hard. Yeah. That it's takes very effort. Hard. That takes a lot of effort. And you a lot can't, of practice. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's much easier to just go on autopilot. And that's what uh, that's what it everyone is. else is doing. That's what I was raised to do. Why not just keep it going? Mm -hmm. But it's oh, like okay. once you once you realize it, it's hard to go back to. Like, I know that I was on autopilot right. and it led me to wanting to kill myself. If I go back right. to autopilot, this is where I'm at. But at the same time, mm -hmm. when I'm thinking about everything I'm doing, I'm like, <laughs> I got to get it right. And I got to do mm -hmm. it the right way, because if not. I'm normally used to doing 50 fucking push-ups. <laughs> That's right. And That's you, I mean, you guys, see, I mean, you seem to be doing well. And, you know, I mean, obviously we're just now meeting, but, you know, you, you, you got a game plan. You know, you're on this podcast. This is an outlet, right? A lot of times people ask me why, you know, why I do what I do. I mean, not only do I enjoy helping people, but it's an outlet for me. It's a, it's a way right. for me to express myself, express my emotions, express what I got to say. Everybody wants to be heard, right? We want to be yeah. heard. We want to be seen. We want to feel like we matter. And so um, I think it's good. Uh, That's why I love this whole new uh, where everybody is able to connect all over the world. And yep. um, 
I just think this is good, man. I think people can use social. So many people hate social media, and I get it. And for many reasons, like TikTok, it was so stressful, and it's so you know political and so just dumb shit. But I've met some amazing people on that app, you know. And yeah, um, it's you know, just and you can it's express how you yourself. Use it. It's how you use it, and, and you definitely it, for people for people like us, I can't. This is this is the biggest reason why I started it. I can't go out to just any normal place like normal people go to work, school, whatever it is. I can't go to a normal place and talk to the average person there. It's hard right. for me to open up because you haven't been through what I've been through. We don't click yep. on the same things. And so I end up, well, there's only 6% of the world is veterans here in the United States. So now I got to find the 1%, you know, like the 1% of the people in Florida. That 1% that, that you connect with. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, what are we doing? We got all this technology. Let's hop on here. Everyone mm -hmm. can talk. Everyone can be themselves. I, I haven't met you, so you have no, you have no mm -hmm. real um, dependency on giving me what I need to hear. Like right. the, we're opening right. the stage. Hey, listen, we're getting you on here. The goal is for people to learn from what you've been through. And you could share mm -hmm. whatever you want, whatever you think people will learn from, you know, like you, you, you could share the floor is completely open. And then like, like we did before the show is 15, 20 minutes of just call, settle down, Talking, like, getting to know each other, yeah, stuff talk like that, down, yeah. settle down, talk about things like just open, open up a little bit. Don't be so stressed. Like we're just here. We're all living. We're all here right now. Let's just talk about it. I was going to tell you, man, uh, for you, I've noticed that you've said it a couple of times that, you know, you look for people to relate to and that one relation is um, if they're a veteran or not. You know, you can also broaden that, you know, I always say surround your people that are like minded. So not only look for people that are veterans, but maybe look for people that are podcasters, look for people that are wanting to help people on social media. Like that's how you can get a little bit more broader. I mean, yeah, you're obviously going to connect more with the veteran because we got the same, you know, we're yeah. brothers instantly. But if you want to connect more with people, find people that are doing what you're doing or yeah. doing what you want to do. That's how you learn, right? That's how you become a millionaire. Right. Do what a millionaire is doing. <laughs> that's know? yeah. That's so, kind of we're trying, you know, it's man. It's it's well, just yeah. the learning steps, we'll man. Because we don't we'll kind of like one kind of hunt the good stuff with that regard is like. We talk with JP about it. It's never been easier to get information mm -hmm. from different people, right? right? So, like, I can go on Reddit and find out about the Army. I can go on Twitter and find out about most things. Like, it's easier for us now to connect with people right. uh, that aren't – that maybe that's – but, you know, we share some common interests, like you were saying. What's wild is he connected with me through LinkedIn. Like, I got <laughs> oh, some people real? through that app, but, like, that's – that's like I, I have – I've done three podcasts because of LinkedIn – but it's uh it was just surprising you know that i didn't hear from you from tiktok or facebook you know or instagram <laughs> well yeah and i'm also well so yeah we yeah. ended up following shout out to todd he's helping us out with uh oh, the go scheduling and everything kind of our mentor and he's like dude you guys got to get on linkedin because it's just yeah. most it's a good of the people, app it fucking yeah. drives me crazy yeah yeah <laughs> but most of the people on linkedin and this is how we're kind of broadening our uh our mm -hmm. range most people on LinkedIn are business people. Doing the same thing. Yes. Yeah, doing business. the same thing. Business people trying to get themselves out there. So, right. So I think LinkedIn, yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. what we're, and we'll just look up hashtags. It's definitely connected me and you, so that's good, man. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you guys on TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're working on like an actual schedule for okay. it, but we're on, 
on the TikTok and everything. Oh, look me up, man, and uh, send me a friend request, and I'll follow you guys, and I'll help you get your stuff out, and and yeah. uh, I'll help share this stuff for you, and yeah. um, help you get started, man. I got a pretty good following, so I can help you guys out. I'm at like three hundred and thirty thousand on TikTok now. So, um, yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, we're hit we're figuring out like two thousand on Facebook. Holy <laughs> shit! Like the the content yeah. schedule. Like when mm -hmm. when we should be posting? Do you have one? Did you ever get that down? Uh, I don't really fuck with that shit, man. I know it's it, it does matter, and what matters is more is on YouTube. I've realized when I start posting like it like anything after like eight o'clock at night, it blow it blows up every time. Every time I drop a video on YouTube at like eight p.m., freaking at least like two or three thousand views every time. Oh. Um, TikTok, bro, it's so stupid. It's like the algorithm is just it's it's whatever. I mean, you might have, I have videos that go viral, me duetting somebody go viral, but then I'll turn around and I mean, just have the dumbest video go viral or serious shit. Don't do nothing. Like, I don't know. I haven't figured out TikTok algorithm. It's, it's just go that viral. Algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go viral. That that's what gets you your followers, bro. That's, I mean, yeah. I've had seven videos go viral. The biggest one I ever had was on Facebook and it was a reel that hit 8.9 mil. Oh, and shit. Yeah, and uh, gave that's what gave me my followers, bro. Was the damn the reels and the and the TikTok. Well, it only takes one. The TikTok the highest one was six point four. Yeah. Damn, that shit's taking. Oh, hey, we're working on it. We got some stuff in the works. Yeah. You don't, but you don't like pay. You don't outsource anything to anyone. Uh, what do you mean? Like your outsource editing pay. or? I do everything myself, bro. I got a, and plus I got a team now, obviously. So it's taken me four years, but I started everything on my own, on my own, and I do it all by myself. Hell yeah. I don't need nobody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you yeah. don't need nobody, man. Do it for yourself. Like yeah. you know, no, everything yeah, is at your disposal. You that's can really, do I everything. Mean, that's the yeah. spot we're at. We're, I mean, we are you know, doing it by people ourselves. People are gonna hit you up on LinkedIn, bro. Do not fall for that shit. It drives me crazy. All these people. How many since you come out as a podcast? I guarantee you probably had ten messages said, "Hey, would you like me to help push your podcast out? Yeah. Would you oh, like me to do this website. with your podcast? Good, like, like we have a store too, and people hit us up like with yeah. shipping shit. It's like, bro, we sell yeah, like I do too. I sell merch and all that. I sell these hats and different stuff. But yeah, um, pick me up, man. Sir, veteran guy, veteran guy, or whatever, and. I'll help you guys out, man, and connect you guys with some people. And um, I know a veteran that you might, you know, I know some people I've seen your way if you want to talk to them. Yeah. We would be eternally yeah, grateful. Honestly, dude, that's the uh, that's the goal. Just start talking as much as possible. Because we're going to, our goal is, because we're doing the little entrepreneur stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. And our lead gen. My recommendation is uh, go to another platform, though. I wouldn't continue to, I mean, yeah. I like this whole thing. And it's good for your people that are in Discord. Because if you have people in here, they can watch and all that. And it's a good, smart way to get people into your Discord. So I like the little, I like how somebody's like, for me to even connect with you right now, I had to go through your Discord. I had to become a member. Like, that's a good way to get a new member. But not everybody has Discord. You right. know what I mean? You have to download it. If you have StreamYard, you don't have to download it. If you have Zoom, well, you have to download it, but I don't know. I don't know. This is the first time, bro, in four years I've ever done a podcast <laughs> on Discord. So it may just be the thing. Like, y'all might be ahead of me. I don't know. We're like, just ahead I of just, everyone. No one's I just it. feel Yo. like y'all, I think you should rock Zoom because it's the editing. You can do the editing so much well, and it's just, I don't know. I like the whole Zoom. Yeah, we'll, we'll but you have to pay for it, bro. It's, uh, it's like, I don't know, what, 30 bucks a month or something? But if you guys uh, 
you know, split that up between you. It's only 15 bucks a month yeah. and you get, you know, free. You fucking go all day. Yeah, we'll have to figure something out because I yeah. really do like getting like a whole community, but maybe the community there'll just be a separate thing. So you're wanting to do it live? Is this are we live? Uh, we're not. No, we're not live right now. We're trying to figure okay. out like the easiest way to do that too. That's more software and whatnot too. Okay. But yeah. I, I would like to go live, like live on all the platforms. You know, Twitch, okay. Rumble, all that shit. So I was doing live YouTube, and it was good because I, like you said, I was engaging. I was having people coming in. But it was for me. It was distracting. It was taking away what I was trying to do. Yeah, I got all these people commenting, and I got all these people talking, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm so distracted right now." <laughs> um, you know, so that's why my podcast is very, just very me, one on one with you. Very, you know, um, but do what you guys like, man. If this works, I mean, shit, it works for me. But just whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, whatever. If you guys need any advice, man, just let me know. Hit me up. And uh, I got a meeting here in just a couple minutes with Meta. Um, they're wanting to connect with me for something. I don't know. Kind of weird. They just, <laughs> they just, they, they uh, just gave me another uh, branding deal. So it's like now I can now I can actually make videos branded. I guess what brand for branded videos for Facebook now. That's uh, pretty cool. Like companies, I guess I can make videos for companies and get paid for it. Uh, like you yeah. can on TikTok. Like once you get to a certain level on TikTok, uh, you you're, they people yeah. push you out like products and say, "Hey, can you make this video for this product?" Yeah. Let me, like uh, let me end it on this final question then. Is, uh, what's your advice to people getting out the military in the next six months? Uh, start what's having a game plan. Yeah. Start figuring out what it is you want to do. Figure out you know what do you have a passion for. And start being prepared that you're gonna want to get back. You're, once you're out, you're gonna miss it. Like that's just the way it is. But start connecting with different veteran organizations is what I would say. So if you're getting ready to get out in six months, start looking for veteran organizations. If you decide or not, if you're going to the VA, if you are going to the VA, start it now. Start the process now because it's gonna take forever. Um, connect with veterans, connect with organizations, and then figure out what it is that you want to do in life. And uh, that's what I would say. Is say start getting your game plan now. Start get you a vision board. Start writing it down. Figuring out your plans and figuring out what it is you want to do in life. Don't wait to the last moment to get out and yeah. say now what, right? So start yeah. doing it now. If you know you got six months, start planning now. And that way, when you do get out, you already got all this game plan ready to go. I'd and say. To caveat, real quick, to be cliche, uh, mm. don't don't be sad it's over. Be glad that it happened at all. I'd say. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a lot to be uh -huh. thankful for. <clears throat> so, I got a quote that I wrote it says uh, your diagnosis does not define you and that's true too so if anybody's struggling with any kind of PTSD or depression or anything it doesn't define who you are and I wrote this quote four years ago regardless of who tells you it I wrote it it's called don't talk about it be about it I am the founder of that and so um, yeah don't just talk about it be about it if you if you're gonna do something do what you say you're gonna do yeah. we can talk all day about raising awareness but until we start doing something about it and start putting the shit into play in motion it ain't shit That's gonna change Kevin's so. biggest pet peeve is the people doing 22 push-ups a day <laughs> like it's gonna save <laughs> yeah. somebody's life you know and I, I agree with you on that just a little uh, it's like okay number one look at it like this it probably bothers you because it's like what is that doing right like how is that helping anybody but number two if to get you out of that mindset because i'm about positivity right so look at it and go hey at least they're raising awareness so look at it as it's awareness you know they're pushed they're doing the push-ups they're not really saving anybody 
but they're but they're raising awareness and and, and people are talking about it so that's one way to yeah. to make change right is by getting people to talk about it so maybe he doesn't have any options to do anything else maybe that's all he can do but at least he's doing more than somebody else not doing anything better than nothing yeah okay better than nothing so <laughs> next time that. just be like okay you know your push-ups <laughs> and just just you know just be grateful that there's another person at least trying to make it you know trying to at least let people know what's going on you yep. know i did that shit for years too man i used to do the push-up thing the whole challenge thing people would challenge me and i do it and yeah but the, the thought that out there in the community that's what i say get out there in the community or do like podcasts or you know what we're doing right now talking like this the same way we're talking we're raising awareness some veteran might hear this podcast and save his damn life yeah. you know just to realize that there's people that can relate to him or her or it <laughs> so <laughs> whatever <laughs> we made it all the way to the end just for cool. us to get kicked off bro. right now, now it's got to be a rumble <laughs> well i gotta take off guys but man it's been a blast hanging with you guys man yeah um, man i appreciate uh, I, I like you guys our goal yeah. Our goal, hopefully, is to do something live like every Sunday. So if, that's why I, okay. I'd like to do this uh, Discord thing and start pushing it out. Hey, everybody, come in, talk about your week, ups and downs, and we'll uh, I like it, man. Just that's, a nice, fun important. thing live, just like the twenty minutes we had before this. You know, just hanging out, letting everything go. I respect that stuff, man. I respect that because you're trying to make a difference. It's not just talking and stuff like that. Like you really are trying to get in there and. And open up a platform for others and say, hey, listen, talk about it, you yeah. know, just talking about it. Like in my story, me talking to my bro, you know, for that for that hour and a half. Well, him screaming at me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, talking about it saved my life. Yeah, if I wouldn't have talked about it, bro. I wouldn't be here right now. So yeah. Oh, yeah. doing what you guys are doing, man. I think. Y'all going to do well. Yeah, same to you. Same, same to you, man. Well. It. Appreciate it, man. There it and, is, uh, everybody. If you guys don't mind, maybe drop in the link. Uh, I can send it to you uh, through LinkedIn or whatever, the link to my book, if anybody wants to order yeah, that. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. It's on yeah, Amazon. That's, yeah, anything you want. And and all the all the information you filled out to come on will be on your little uh Oh, that's right, yeah. Page yep. too, so. That too. I'll take it off from there, throw it in the description. It'll be all over the place. But, yeah, Perfect, everybody, man. thanks for listening. Go check out all Sean right. and everything he's doing. Um unbelievable man i'm very 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 grateful to have met you and, and had this conversation so for real yeah, same to you guys man yeah all right man till next time yeah Later, yeah guys. have a good one peace out all right thanks again y'all for tuning in that was a tough episode we know it was a blast though we had a good time sean thanks for coming on man it meant the world to us thanks for what you're doing in the world man we know you're hiding places it's unbelievable what you've been through and I'm just, I was very fortunate to have that conversation with you, man. Kev, how'd you feel? Uh, it was just a privilege, though, to have someone that open that we can kind of discuss these things with. But no, I was just, I was really, it was an amazing episode. And I'm really thankful that we got to do it and put it out there. So. Yeah, yeah. Felt really good. Felt, it felt so good just during the episode, too. But next episode, we have Jason on. Um, he's been helping kids, you know, focus on mental health what should we say lessons throughout sports and it's something that i wish i had when i was growing up just never really thought about it you know what to learn from striking out and crying <laughs> um, but never really thought about it i'm glad there's someone out there doing it for kids because it's what kids need in sports it adds just so much more to the sport and i just just love to see it man 
what what's cool too is like he talks about the teaching kids not just how to score but how to deal with adversity but also for the parents so a lot of parents he's telling me like they get so wrapped up in every kid becoming the next lebron james they're not really focused on the lessons that them and the kid can learn so it's sort of education for the kids with sports for the kids and the parents also um but yeah really really cool guy really thankful you came on jason so thank you yep 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 so we'll see y'all over there hopefully y'all enjoyed this one hopefully y'all enjoy the next follow the socials like comment subscribe all the good stuff we'll catch y'all in the next one
Peace out.